Shalom from Israel. This is Hannah Nasher from Voice for Israel Ministries. We've been talking about Parashat Ekev, about lots of interesting things, dispossessing the enemy, covenant, breed, and mercy, and unsanctified mercy, and about getting rid of cherem, uh, cursed things. And the last thing that I want to talk to you about is from Deuteronomy chapter 8 is about the wilderness. The wilderness, okay? After 40 years of wilderness wandering, they're standing at the edge of the promised land. And then, you know, I think we, we tend to really um, despise the wilderness. Those wilderness seasons in our life, they're they're dry, they're, they're boring. It's just sand, sand, sand. It's hot. There's spiders and scorpions and tests and trials. It's a dry and weary land where there is no water. And we're trudging around and trudging around and going around and around the same mountain. And, you know, we just tend to think that the wilderness, oh, if we could just get out of this wilderness. But the wilderness is a very, very important uh, place. The word for the wilderness in Hebrew is midbar. And it's very uh, similar to the word medaber, which means to speak. Sometimes God has to bring us into the wilderness so he can speak to us. There, the wilderness is very, very important. Yeshua was led right after he was immersed in the Jordan River. He was led immediately, it says, by the Holy Spirit. He was led into the wilderness where the devil tempted him. It is a hard place. Yes, it is a hard place. But it's the Holy Spirit that leads us there. And it's a very necessary place. Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness. David spent time in the wilderness just running away from King Saul that had gone crazy, you know, before he became king. Uh, Joseph spent time in, in, you know, we could call a spiritual wilderness, just forgotten and languishing in a prison. And so why does God have people go through the, through the, these wilderness times? So I want to read from Deuteronomy chapter eight. He says, and you shall remember the Lord, your God, led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So that is the purpose of the wilderness. It is to humble us, to test us, and to see what's in our heart, to see if we will keep God's commandments or not. But it says that in the end, it is to do us good. In the end, God is his plan and his purpose is to bring us into the promised land, to bring us into a good land where we will lack nothing. And we need to go through this process, this wilderness process. I have a DVD I recorded with a message about the wilderness called Walking Through the Wilderness. There's some on my YouTube channel, which is how to get out of the wilderness. Because, you know, if we don't have the right attitude to the wilderness, we'll just die there. <laughs> you know, it says with most of most of the people of Israel, they just wandered around the wilderness till they died. Their carcasses were scattered all over the wilderness. And with most of them, God was not well pleased because they didn't have the faith to believe that God was good and that God was taking them to a good land. You know, they just, all they could see what was what was around them, which was sand and spiders and scorpions and snakes. And, you know, sometimes we're like that. All we see is what's around us. We can't see out of our own pit. And we, we can't keep that forward vision sometimes to see that God is taking us to a good place and we lose heart along the way. That's why so many times in the Bible it says, don't lose heart. 
don't lose heart. My daughter recorded this beautiful song called Water and Dust. Liat Nesher, it's on her uh, website, on her YouTube channel about don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. When everything is falling apart, don't lose heart. Because sometimes what looks like it's falling apart is actually falling into place. And so we need to stay in faith when they're in the wilderness. We need to look at Joshua and Caleb. They're the only two that made it into the promised land because they, it says, were of a different spirit. Do you know we got to be of a different spirit than everybody else that's wandering around in the wilderness? If we want to make it out, if we want to make it out, we got to stay in faith. And then it says, that God fed you with manna, it says, so you will know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. You know, I think that is telling us that we don't live just for material things, not for bread alone. We, Our lives, if all we're living for is to work and pay the bills and have a house, you know, then it's, it's not really living. It's not really worthwhile. We need to live for the spiritual food of God's word and for his spirit. And that's what really brings us life and brings us joy is the Holy Spirit. And then he says, God says he took care of the people of Israel in the wilderness. Their shoes didn't wear out. You know, God will take care of us in the wilderness. He'll provide for us so we kind of just get just get by. But God has something greater for us. He has a, a promised land where we will lack for nothing. You know, it says the Lord is our shepherd uh, we shall lack for nothing. In Hebrew, it's Adonai ro'i lo echsari. literally means nothing is missing. And it says, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So I think God's purpose is for us to eventually get out of the wilderness and live in his promises. But first, he's got to do a work in our hearts to humble us, to test us, to see what's in our heart. Will we keep his commandments or not? And he says, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God. He's bringing in you into a good land. And this is our journey into the promised land. He is bringing us into a good land. But it says here that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you or disciplines you. And like I was saying uh, in an earlier podcast that um, I was listening to a message and this guy was saying, you know, God will never, uh, never punish anyone. You know, and that's just not true. What would you think about a father that would never chasten or discipline a son that he loves? Just let him run wild. Let him do whatever he wants. Let him act however he wants. I don't think you'd think much about that person as a parent. And so God is a good father and he will chasten us and we are not to despise the chastening of the Lord. When God corrects us, let's not be so prideful that we can't take it. You know, let's be people who are humble. It says that a righteous man loves to be corrected. I think that's one of the tests uh, of people where they are. You know, are they people of humility is how do they react when somebody tries to correct them? You know, do they hate that person and get mad at them? Or are they happy that somebody, uh, you know, cares about them enough to correct them? And so let's not fight with God if he is trying to correct us. You know, God wants to bring us into a good land. And then there's just this one thing, and I, I talked about it before, but there's this one thing that God says 
that he wants us to remember, he says, when he brings us into the good land. So when God brings us out of this dry and thirsty, weary land, this wilderness, he brings us into the into the promised land. He brings us into a land of abundance and a land where we lack nothing. And he's blessing us and he's prospering us. You know, God says just this, this one thing he just asks. And he says, just remember, just remember me. He said, remember that I brought you out of Egypt. I brought water out of the rock. I fed you in the wilderness with manna to humble you, to test you. And it says to do you good in the end. God's purposes is always to do us good in the end. Don't doubt God's goodness, even if he's taking us through some hard stuff. And then don't say to yourself, whoa, the power and the might of my hand has gained me all this wealth. Don't, don't say, whoa, look at all the money that I've made. Look at what I have done. You know, God is to get all the glory. It says in Deuteronomy 8.18, you shall remember Adonai your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. That's the one thing that God asks. The one thing that he asks is don't think that you did this all yourself. This is because of my covenant of mercy that I swore to your fathers. And I'm the one who gives you the power to make wealth. And what is the way that we can show that we know that God is our source and we remember God in, in, in times of prosperity is that we continue to give the tithe to the Lord. That is the way that we're showing God. I know that you are my source. I know that you blessed me with everything that I have and everything belongs to you. And you only ask for the first 10% and I'm giving this back to you because it belongs to you. It doesn't belong to me anyways. So here it is. Here it is. You, you bless your church. You bless your congregation. You bless the servants of the Lord. You bless a ministry. You bless whoever is feeding you spiritually. You know, you don't go to um, eat at McDonald's and go and pay Dairy Queen. You, you give your tithe to where you are being fed spiritually, whether that's online or or, or in person or whatever it is, I just encourage you, if somebody prays for you, if somebody is a, a spiritual blessing to you, then bless them materially. And this is the way that we show God, God, I know it's not by my own hand that I gain possession of this land. I know it's because you favored me, because of your blessing, because of your covenant, because of your mercy, that you have blessed me with everything that I have. And so you only ask for this little bit. And you know what? why God asks us for that? To, to prevent us from covetousness, to guard us against greed and covetousness. And this also supplies the work of the Lord. So maybe I'm preaching to the choir I probably am, but I bet you I'm not totally. So anyways, I hope that you will take that to heart. Don't hate me for bringing correction. And, uh, you know, in the end, it says in the end, what does God require of us? Just to fear the Lord, to walk in his ways. This is Deuteronomy 10, 12. Love him, serve him, and keep his commandments. Let's remember to be kind, to show love, and to be faithful. Let us be strong and of good courage for the Lord our God is with us and let us possess the land that he has given us in the name of Yeshua, HaMashiach, our Messiah. 
Thanks for listening. Shalom from Israel. Our website is voiceforisrael.net, V-O-I-C-E-F-O-R-I-S-R-A-E-L.net. And uh, hope to talk to you again. Shalom from Israel.